Hey everybody, it's Stephanie Garcia from VoiceofDream.com, and this is episode two of the Art of Becoming series. This episode is all to be about the art of purpose. And when it comes to the art of purpose, uh, I think we're all looking for purpose in our work. We're all just looking for purpose in life. And I think we all think that it's this big grand thing we're all trying to attain. But uh, I believe that purpose can be done in just the everyday, in, our, in, just, in just who we are and how we live our lives. And today, I've got Hudson Phillips here today from, the Mirror, from Mirrorbox Films. And he's a great example about how you can find, use purpose mm -hmm. uh, to, to drive your career and your life forward. So, hey, Hudson, how are you doing? Awesome. Doing great. Thanks for having me, Stephanie. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, tell me a little bit about Mirrorbox Films and how you got started. Yeah, well, I'll, um, I'll back up a little bit and talk about, I mean, for me, my journey, and I feel like my journey towards purpose really happened in middle school. So um, as a kid, um, uh, as a fourth grader, I lost my father in a, in a car accident and um, kind of just became this very introverted, uh, disappeared into movies, and, um, and that's what, what my connection was, right? Just kind of disappearing from the world. Um, so yeah, school for me in middle school was just kind of, um, it was just kind of there. I would go to school and I would just try to get home uh, to disappear into movies and TV. Um, so it was always a passion of mine. And it wasn't until um, seventh grade uh, creative writing class that I took that I really started to thrive at something in school. And it was the first time that like teachers would um, ask me to come up and like read my stuff from class. So I just fell in love with writing. Um, and so all throughout middle school and high school, I was like creating, trying to write novels, trying to write screenplays, um, making my own comic books, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then as I got older, you know, um, this is late 90s. And so um, we didn't have YouTube. We didn't have cell phones. We didn't have all these things that make it so easy to create now. And so it just didn't seem like a possibility for me to create film. Um, it wasn't even something I was thinking about. And it wasn't until um, years later where I found myself um, really trying to struggle as a writer, uh, being in Atlanta when everything else was happening in LA. Um, I was divorced. I was a single dad. Um, I had lost uh, a couple of friends that were very close to me. And, um, and it was just this very dark period of my life where just everything was... was um, seemingly successful but nothing really took off so um in my mid-20s i wrote a screenplay that um that ended up getting optioned by lionsgate films and it was this um it was this moment that should have been a high point of my life and instead basically everything that could have gone wrong with that film went wrong where um, lionsgate had a changing of leadership they dropped the script a local production company picked it up they threw our script out and they made something resembling it but it wasn't ours and so it was just like this super high of selling a screenplay and then low, 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 low. Um, and it was around this time that I connected with a, uh, a friend of mine's father. Um, and this, this friend of mine had taken his own life um, in college. Um, we were roommates at the time. Very devastating moment for me. And I was just ready to kind of give up on things. And um, I ended up getting lunch with his dad. <clears throat> and his dad is a guy who um, had found a lot of success in the corporate world. And after his son uh, passed away, he, um, he became a pastor. And he said the reason that he did this is because he wanted to take those experiences that he had gone through, those very difficult experiences that's probably the worst thing you could possibly go through in life of losing a child. And he wanted to use that in order to help other people. And so as we're sitting and we're having lunch and we're chatting, um, and he's hearing my story and of, you know, me kind of complaining about where my life's at and feeling stuck. And he said, Hudson, what you need to do with your life is take all these experiences, the loss of your father, the loss of your friend, all these struggles and combine that with what you're blessed with, with your art, with your writing, with your filmmaking. And when you merge those things together and present that in an honest way, um, that's your purpose in life, combining this thing of what you've survived and what you thrive at. Um, and that just really stuck with me so strongly. And I feel like from that moment on, my product productivity shot up, my um, kind of success level shot up, my reason for writing um, changed. So for me, it wasn't about selling a screenplay anymore. It was about getting my voice out there. Um, and, uh, and as a result of that, um, I've been writing 
screenplays. I started this organization, Script Blast, to help other screenwriters figure out their purpose. I started this production company called Mirrorbox Films. And um, the reason it's called Mirrorbox is in this other around that same time in my life, um, I heard a talk by, um, I'm not going to remember her name, but she did this great talk um, talking about uh, this therapist, this doctor named uh, V.S. Ramachandran. And um, Ramachandran worked with people suffering from phantom limb pain. And so he created this device called a mirror box. And um, what it does is it's this kind of box with two holes in it. And so let's say that you were a soldier and you lost your um, arm in the war and um, you'd feel this incredible pain um, from what phantom limb pain is. You'd feel this incredible pain as if your hand was still there, but it feels like it's balled up in a fist and it feels like it's constant pain. So in order to provide healing for these people, he created this box. You put both hands in the two holes and there's a mirror down the middle so that you see your hand reflected on the other side. And he would say, ball up your fist and then open your hands and release. And when this would happen, it would trick the brain into seeing that hand that's not actually there open up and release. And um, this author, this cartoonist who's telling the story says, that's what art is. That's how we provide healing is if on screen or in our um, writing, if you see yourself represented uh, honestly and transparently, it's not about a message, it's just about being honest about our experiences. And when you see yourself represented on screen, um, it provides this kind of unique kind of empathy and it provides healing. And that's really, to me, what film is about. And that's why we call it production company Mirrorbox. And that's why really I exist, is to provide that opportunity for other people to find their purpose and for me to um, take what I've been through, present that in my writing, present that in my filmmaking in order for other people to find healing. Yeah, see, and for as long as I've known you, you have always, I believe, have a part in everything that you've done. Even when uh, back in the day, I'm, how many years has it been? Uh, yeah. Three years since you started. Yeah, yeah. Your class. yeah. Uh, and I could just feel the heart and the soul in what you do. I don't know if that was the time that you were particularly lost. Um, but I just know that the thing about script last, guys, it's a, if, if, you're, if you're a screenwriter, this is perfect for you. I would also dare to say, just if you're a writer at any kind, yeah. Uh, is a great community for you. Um, yeah, and we have we have quite a number of novelists as well yeah, who really yeah. connect with those same themes and ideas. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just this idea that you know, and, and we talked about this that writers often will write alone, and mm -hmm. they need that sense of community. Uh, especially, I think any artist needs. Mm -hmm. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I would argue, I would argue even that that's what it's about. So, and, and especially with filmmaking is filmmaking, <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> when I made my first feature, the thing that makes that movie so special is not the end product. It's the creation of it, of, you know, we, we did the super low budget feature. We got about 20 of us up in the North Georgia mountains. We all stayed in one house. We'd go out and shoot during the day and come back at night. And that experience of connecting with other human beings and creating something beautiful together um that can't be replaced and that's yeah. something that um i mean look that's why i think we're all here on earth right is to bump no matter what you believe in spiritually or whatever we're all here to bump into each other and to learn from each other and to grow together and to make connection right to build relationships yeah. yeah and so um and yeah and i think in writing that's something that's lacking because you're you're in a room by yourself um 99 of the time um, and with, with, once you start making films, it's a little different. You start collaborating a little bit more. Um, but I think, uh, I think screenwriters hit a wall because they're by themselves, right? And um, you have no one to share that, the up and down journey with. You have no one to share those very difficult rejections with. Because look, I've, I've uh, before making my first feature, had been rejected in every possible way. You know, not, um, not getting returned emails from agents, getting um, a script dropped, getting a script rewritten, getting um, not placing in contests, getting bad reviews on um, blacklists and all these kind of things, oh, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's this constant struggle. Um, and it's so easy that when you're facing that by yourself, just to give up. Um, yeah. But I really believe that writing provides purpose for people 
Um, and that's why we created that community is because I want to see writers thrive and I want to see them grow and I want to see them not give up because it's, it's, it's difficult. And I think just having a community, um, and you know, I don't provide any answers for people. I don't yeah. provide, Oh, if you do this, then you'll get this. It's really just about a place to be honest and say, this is what I'm struggling with. Um, and just for someone to say me too, um, makes all the difference in the world. It makes you feel like you're not alone and you can keep going. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I want to say that we all have a unique voice. And I just think more and more of us need to know that that unique voice is important in the world. Yeah. Yeah, that, that absolutely. Of who we are and our own backgrounds. I mean, we can both be writers, but what I bring to it versus what you bring to it could be two different things. What absolutely. What you write versus what people will relate and what I write, uh, two different audiences or the same audience, you know, yeah. Can work together on something and have two different points of view and it could be something that meshes well together yeah okay. and we could even be writing we could be writing the exact same thing let's if we if i gave you an outline for a screenplay and you wrote that screenplay and i wrote that same screenplay they would be drastically different drastically. because we bring such unique worldviews to that work and really to me that's that's 90 percent of what makes a screenplay stand out to begin with is having a unique voice and a unique tone and something unique to say based on the writer's voice. Well, I would say that just that's an, again, that's an art thing too, because that's, yeah. you know, you're writing your script. Well, when you start doing the film itself and start, even when you're starting to uh, film, you've got to take the perspective of the producer. You got yeah. to take the perspective of the DP. Yeah. You got to take the perspective of the actor. Yeah. Um, so all of, and I think everybody has a different unique viewpoint. And if you're willing to listen to that viewpoint, uh, the organic creation of that, I think is so relatable and so powerful. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, and I think, I think one of the issues with writers especially is that oftentimes if, we're, if we don't find success in the traditional um, yeah. definition of success, that we feel like our voice doesn't matter, right? Like we feel like if we don't have an audience, then that voice doesn't matter. But I would argue that writing is for the writer as much as it is for an audience. Yeah. Um, and to, to find healing from your own um, uh, experiences and your own failures. And um, I just, uh, and, and it's why it frustrates me so much that writers put so much emphasis on being discovered or, or selling something or finding whatever that traditional definition of success is because so often that definition of success is out of our hands, right? So that we need some sort of savior, some sort of either it's an agent or a contest or a producer or someone to love our work. And if we don't find that, um, then we feel like we're not successful. And so I always challenge people to, to don't let the world define your definition of success, define it for yourself. And so um, for a lot of people that might be just finishing something, for a lot of people that might be finding a connection in a community um, and really just trying to define that in a way that you can control. Because the second you put your definition of success in someone else's hands, it's just such a frustrating experience of something that you can't control. And it's so devastating when you get rejected on that. Um, and I find that once you, once you redefine that definition and once you make it about um, just pouring yourself into a piece of artwork, I find that that's when you actually find the traditional definition of a success as well, because that's really shining through that passion is shining through that voice is shining through. Yeah. Yeah. And, and not needing to get, validation from an external source yeah that validation needs to come from an internal source because you know when you're looking for that validation and an external source you can't help but compromise that's I mean, right yeah the fact that you know you i don't even think that you're well you know when you first start out you kind of start thinking well if i get the script written and then some production company buys it well then i've somehow made it right right but in your case, you had the, 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 the experience of a company buying it. Yeah. And then. Uh, it was all downhill then, from there. <laughs> and then, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. And, right. and so, and others would see that as rejection. And I know you said it went, it was a very dark moment for you. Yeah. Um, but can, can we, can we change the definition of rejection to, um, to redirection? Yeah. Who says that that's rejection? Right. Who says that that's the end? 
why can't we see it from a point of view that maybe that's not, maybe it's just bumping you a little bit more onto your path because it right. kind of, it did bump you more into your path. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, it's one of those things where you, um, like I remember, uh, we have this waterfall near our house and, um, it's got all these kind of rocky cliffs and stuff around it. And I remember climbing up these cliffs and it's not like rock climbing or anything. It's, you know, it's stroll up these, these rocks. But I remember, um, climbing up these rocks one day and, and not knowing how I was going to get to the top, just going from rock to rock. And then I get up to the top and you look back down and it's basically like a staircase. Like there was this very clear path. I just couldn't see it until I got to the top. Right. And that's kind of what the screenwriting journey is, is that you're just going from rock to rock. And um, the goal really is just to keep moving, just keep moving, going from rock to rock. You're not going to see how you're going to get there. But once you do get there and you look back, you're going to see how this path allowed you to get to that point. And those rocks on the way up are going to be devastating. I mean, they're going to be rejection after rejection. Um, but yeah, like you said, you're going to learn that those rejections are what leads you to be who you are need to be and where you're going to be um and a big part of that too is like i always say the only person that gets rejected more than an amateur screenwriter is a professional screenwriter um that's just part of the business like once you make it you're facing rejection every single day even more so than when you're attempting to make it yeah because i mean you're trying to go based on what the industry is looking for yeah yeah and there's just, there's just so many constant struggles so i also say that <laughs> If you haven't failed, you're not going to be prepared to make it as a professional anyways, because part of that job is navigating, learning how to fail and pick yourself up the next day and sit down and start writing again and treating it like a job. Well, yeah. And, and just allowing it to get you clearer and clearer on your voice yeah. and allowing it to get you clearer and clearer on, uh, again, purpose. Who you yeah. are. Let me ask you a question real quick. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when you got rejected by Lionsgate, was that before or after script last? got started before yeah yeah yeah. it wasn't until years later that i started script blast okay so in your heart what caused you to create screen blast, or script um, blast yeah 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 um like i said it was um <laughs> the lionsgate thing it's funny because we found success so early i wrote that with two other writers and we found success so early but both of those guys have, have since dropped off and stopped writing because of the experiences that we went through yeah. um and i was just the only one to keep going um but uh, that was just the first of dozens uh, of failures and rejections. I mean, we kept writing. I had to stay in Atlanta because, like I said, I was a single father and had to, to stay here for my son um, and couldn't move out to L.A. And so I was just I would create I would write something, send it out to L.A., get rejected, write something, send it out to L.A. It was constant rejection, rejection, rejection. Right. And because of that, um, I just felt so alone. And I just I, I personally needed a place. Um, uh, where it was okay to talk about rejection and okay, uh, and, and to know that I'm not alone, to know that other people are going through that. And so um, I feel like everything that I do, I, I first create for myself because I need it. Um, yeah. And then, and then uh, obviously everything that I need is something that everybody else in the world needs as well, right? Because we all have the same, the same yeah. <laughs> and that's exactly, exactly where uh, I think that has been where your success has been. Yeah, yeah. Every yeah. time that you've done something, it's always been coming from your personal life. Yeah, yeah. Every time. You know what's interesting? Can I, can I say, you kept sending stuff to L.A. and uh -huh. kept getting rejected. And now Atlanta is one of, one of the hubs of filmmaking. Right, yeah. So I ended up, see, see how again where it went, where it was like, you weren't meant to go to L.A. You were meant right. to do what you were doing right here. Because right now, you've got Mirrorbox Films based out of Atlanta yeah. and in a perfect place. Yeah, and Atlanta's in a real unique place right now because, um, yeah, Hollywood's filming everything out here. Yeah. Um, but we're, uh, but nothing's really being created here, right? Nothing's starting here in terms of like kind of above the line talent. So that's that's been um, that's exciting to me because that's a problem that kind of needs to be solved. And we're we're right now we're figuring out what the Atlanta indie film scene looks like, what it needs to look like, um, and I think what we're finding is. Um, we can kind of be the anti-Hollywood in a little bit, right? So Hollywood is only focused on these major big budget adaptation reboot type of things. Um, and so it leaves this kind of place where, you know, um, 
we can start to uh, amplify unique and diverse voices that aren't being represented in Hollywood. Um, you know, for Hollywood, you know, there, there's a lot of talk about an inclusion writer where 50% of your cast and crew are, um, are, are diverse. And so that's difficult for when you've got, you know, a thousand people you're employing on a Marvel film. Um, but for us, that's easy. And that's who we're surrounded by in Atlanta already. Um, and so we can make those strides that Hollywood can't, can't quite make. And I think people are looking for those unique voices uh, and they're looking for those diverse voices. Um, and we can, can provide a platform for that um, so much easier and more quickly and cheaper than, than Hollywood can. See, and that's good. And I would say that part of your purpose is actually on, uh, is, is really based on your own vision, what you're seeing. You know, right. Oh, yeah. Box. Yeah. 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 So, and that's a pretty unique, uh, your perspective is another thing that makes your purpose really unique. Yeah, that's really true. Um, and, you know, and I try to be real intentional about it. Um, so I do a lot of, um, what's the word, kind of uh, life coachy type stuff, you know, and, and really yeah. um, try to focus on that. And so I actually do um, write down a literal um, mission statement, a personal mission statement for myself. And um, I'll read it to you here in a second because <clears throat> I just pulled it out for this interview. But um, I encourage everybody to do that because I think, um, I think so often in life it's easy to get distracted from your purpose. Um, the second that you get some momentum in a certain area or find some success in a certain area. And I think it's always important to go back to your mission statement and say, does this get me closer to my mission statement or further away from it with every decision that you make career-wise? So my, my mission statement that I wrote down is um, I use my talents and experiences to collaborate and connect with others and create stories that encourage empathy while inspiring others to do the same. So when, when I go to start Script Last, that's part of that mission statement. I'm inspiring others to tell stories of empathy. When I create Mirrorbox, it's the same thing. Every single blog that we write on the Mirrorbox site is about that same thing because that is what drives me. Um, and so I think, but you have to be intentional about it because if you're not intentional about it, you're just going to go wherever the wind blows you. Um, and um, so I think A is figuring out what your purpose is, what really connects with you. And I think purpose is always at that intersection of life experience and um, your skill set um you know what you're great at and what you've survived and then um and then being really intentional about writing that down and revisiting it on a daily basis and every decision that you come up against um you say is this getting me closer to my purpose or further away from it? yeah and sometimes when you don't have your in order to get your mission statement sometimes you have to go through a lot of this uh, again not i don't want to use the word rejection but a lot of this redirection a yeah, lot yeah. of the things sometimes we have to we need to see that when things don't work out, a lot of the times that's, that's going to give us some more and more clarity towards what it is that we do desire. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. That, that mission statement, personal mission statement and setting an intention because it's so easy to get caught off course. Yeah. And, and I would even say that we are, we're defined more by what we've survived than by what we accomplish. Right. So the things that th those failures define us so much more than our successes um, because the way that we respond to them, our ability to keep going, um, those are the things that kind of form us and push us into a certain direction. Like uh, what's the saying? You never know. Um, you never know what you believe until that belief is challenged. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so, um, so like I wear all those failures as a badge of honor. Like those are, have made me who I am and those life experiences have made me who I am. And I have to be, to be proud of that. And I, and I think so many filmmakers, so many writers are afraid to talk about their failures um, publicly because um, it makes them seem unprofessional, right? Like, like yeah. uh, you see famous writers or famous filmmakers and, and all you see is their successes because that's the thing you broadcast. That's the thing you post on Twitter or Instagram and say, hey, look oh, yeah, this great thing I did. Be on point and perfect. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. No one's post posting about, oh man, I got rejected again today. Um, but that's really one of our goals with Mirrorbox, especially is, um, and, and a lot of people are doing this now, especially in the indie film world, um, where they're talking about their failures, because that's the only way that we as a community are going to grow together. And the only way that we can learn from each other is to be honest about our struggles. And um, <clears throat> especially some of the ones that have been uh, there before us. Um, if we only hear about their successes, we're just going to get frustrated when we don't reach that level of success. 
But when people are honest about their failures, then we can relate to that and we can learn from those failures so that we don't repeat the same mistakes as well. Oh, yeah. You know, you started Script Blast um, for screenwriters because you needed a community that didn't feel uh, so that you can you can talk about the process of being a screenwriter. You yeah. also created Mirabox Films so that it was a, a platform or, or I'm sorry, a, a, a group to help uh, aspiring filmmakers, too. Yeah, it right. It also happens to be your production company. But it's yeah. also uh, a community for filmmakers. Yeah, a big part of that is, um, I mean, we have been doing some panels and that kind of thing around Atlanta, but a big part of that is our website, which is um, really just this blog. But we, we interview um, filmmakers about all of those failures. Um, right now, there's a, there's a blog post up that I did with um, Naomi McDougal-Jones, who's the filmmaker behind a, a movie called Bite Me. Um, and she talks about her first film and how um, she did all the things that you're supposed to, which is, you know, you go to as many film festivals as you can, and then you try to get traditional distribution. And she talks about all the struggles she had with that and how with this next film, she's doing everything differently. So um, she got into like two film festivals and then she took her film on a tour and she's in the middle of that tour right now. Um, and she's sharing uh, that journey completely transparently in that she's telling us how much money she raised, she's telling us how she got that money. She's telling us where that money's going, how much it's costing, how much she's expecting to make off of it. And it's that kind of transparency and honesty that is, um, is really gonna push the needle on the community as a whole. Um, and again, like we we're talking about this, it is a community. That's why we make movies. It's why we write is to, um, to connect with other human beings, whether that be the people that we're on set with, with the audience that we're writing for, with um, uh, other, other writers, other uh, filmmakers. Um, and, I, and, and again, I think that's the whole point, right? Is to, to create these environments where we connect with each other. Um, and that's really what the Mirabox blog is about to try to, to try to enhance that a little bit. Right, well, part of find, finding your purpose is also uh, connecting to yourself. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, I think any art really comes down to the place of just trying to connect to a truth within yourself. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just acknowledging the wounds that you've gone through. Mm -hmm. And it may not be that you're writing something or creating something specifically about what you went through, but you can't help but that for that to bleed into your work in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, I think that's a really good point because um, I think a lot of people hear, oh, I have to write about my experiences, and then they just tell their life story. And that's not really what it's about. The goal is really taking... Uh, your life experiences and um, putting them in everything you write, no matter what it is. So I write uh, kind of grounded sci-fi stuff, right? So um, yeah. I, I, I take a story like the film that we're, we're making next is a story about um, this crazy sci-fi device that allows this girl to relive her memories. Um, and so that's kind of like the setup of it, right? She starts to get her memories in real life mixed up. Uh, but ultimately, it's a story about relationships. It's a, it's a story where I'm able to explore um, some of the relationship struggles I've been through, um, you know, as, as someone that's uh, divorced and had some difficult relationships, and now I'm remarried and have this very healthy relationship. And so we get to explore those sides of it and put that part of myself into that um, and put, uh, we explore a lot in that film, the idea of memory and how we frame memory, that we control um, how we uh, view the past and, and how it influences our present. So you get to explore a lot of those kind of ideas that are very personal to me, but none of that's my life story. You know, it's not even based on my relationships. It's just all of that stuff is inside of me and it's coming out no matter what I write, you know? Um, so I, I think that's kind of the important part is to recognizing um, what's personal to you and finding that personal thing in uh, whatever you're writing, no matter what it is. Yeah, it's that willingness to be vulnerable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, when, with writers, the first number one rule I remember uh, for years, I was always told, just write what you know. Write what right. you know. Right, yeah, yeah. And I go, but I, I don't want to write about <laughs> what yeah. I've gone through specifically. Right. I don't think anybody would want to read that or watch that. Um, but what I think people really try and talk about, or at least I hope this is the essence of it, is write what you know, as in, you know, we all know what it's like to be human. Yeah. And it's that humanness that connects us. Now, yeah. I will, going back to what you said earlier, it's not always something that people want to share. It's right. something that a lot of people hide. Mm. You know, it, for that one filmmaker that you, that's on the, on the blog that you're talking about right now, who you just talked about, uh, 
the fact that she's sharing the entire process mm-hmm. and showing complete transparency, that's not something that everybody does or is right. willing to do. That's a very yeah. vulnerable place to be. Yeah. To sit yeah. there and admit to everybody, hey, I'm starting out. I, I don't have this all figured out. It's not perfect. Uh, but, but there's a relatability to it. There's a mm-hmm. resonance to it. Uh, that I, and, and there's that connection again. Mm-hmm. You know, can, we, can we talk about uh, the fact that sometimes your purpose evolves? Mm-hmm. So just like in writing where you start off with an idea of what you want to write about, or you start off with a film that you think you want to start off about, there's a certain point when you're creating where it takes on a mind of its own. And you think you're writing about something, uh, but then it becomes about something else. Yeah, yeah. Right? So the purpose, I think, also does the same thing. Because you started off with Mirrorbox Films, I know um, at the beginning, you wanted to do the blog a certain way. Uh-huh. And then over the course of a weekend, you talked to people and you got even more intentional. And it changed right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, no, that's right, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and it's still evolving. Like I just did on another email um, this week to all our contributors saying, hey, let's really focus in on a little bit more. Um, and, and I think that's true. I think it's true in that... Um, well, first of all, for, for your own personal mission statement, how that evolves. Hopefully, as human beings, we're always constantly evolving, right? So um, if, if we're stagnant and, and kind of believe the same things we, we believed 10 years ago, I feel like there's a problem, right? Um, that, you know, I try to consume um, as much as possible, usually based on what I'm writing at the time. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll deep dive into a bunch of TED Talks and audiobooks and all kinds of things in order to explore the themes of whatever I'm writing. And that stuff helps me grow and it helps me look at things slightly differently. Um, I think um, life experience puts you in a different place. Like I mentioned, uh, five years ago, I was a, a single dad with a failed marriage and um, doing freelance work and I was a struggling, really struggling with it. Um, and now, you know, I'm happily married and, um, my life and, and I have a full-time job and I'm doing all this screenwriting stuff and my life is in a completely different place. So that's going to define, um, your purpose. And you kind of have to realize that, um, one thing I would love to talk about is, uh, I think it's important based along those same amount of ideas is that, uh, life kind of comes in phases and you have to be okay with that. So like when my son was younger, you know, he obviously took, more uh time away from my personal journey kind of stuff right so i did a lot less writing when he was younger because i had to take care of a kid and raise a kid now that he's older i get to focus on writing a little bit more um, and that's okay because i think a lot of people get so um frustrated that and a lot of pressure of like oh man i didn't write this week and um i feel like a failure and i'm not you know i hear all these things about productivity and i'm not living up to that yeah, um but the truth yeah. <laughs> right the truth is everybody's at a different spot and so um you can't compare your journey to someone else's right um and then yes and then the third part of that is um like the mirror box site um so we first connected because i think um you had written something for the site and at that point i was like let's just let everybody do whatever they want to write um and once we put a, a couple of things up um i just realized it needed to be more focused and we need to figure out you know i come from a marketing background and so a lot of that is about figuring out who your audience is and how you're going to reach them and what that audience needs and so like script Blast has become so specific about that um, and Mirrorbox is just, we're figuring that out. And so, um, yeah, it's gone through some changes and it's gone through um, a lot of like what I just talked about. What if we started being really honest about the, the filmmaking journey and um, sharing some of that um, honestly and, and less, about, um, less about just spotlighting voices, right? So, um, so yeah, it, it, things are constantly changing and constantly evolving um, and, and that's okay. Uh, and, um, where you were 10 years ago is going to be different from where you are now and where you're going to be 10 years from now. Um, and we just have to embrace that and, and say that that's okay. Yeah. Well, and, and nobody's, who said that, the, that there, well, I, well, I want to say who said that there's a timeline, but that right. timeline, if you, if you have wanting to do this your whole life, it feels like it's taking forever to create. Yeah. But, yeah. I think also in the industry, there's, there's this uh, idea that if you don't do it by a certain age, you're never going to do it. You're, yeah. you know, so I think you and I both know that it takes time to create these things, to, to yeah. become the artist that you're meant to become. You, sometimes you got to live a lot of life before you yeah. can take on your purpose and, and work in it. It took time for you. It takes, it's still taking time for me. 
And yeah. that's- well, to be, And to be completely transparent about that, I'm, um, I've been writing for probably 15 years now, writing screenplays and sending stuff out and trying to get stuff made. Um, and I am making stuff and I'm very busy and I'm doing lots of great things, but I still work a full-time job that's not screenwriting relating, right? So I am still trying to break in uh, in a lot of ways, even though um, I've been at it for 15 years and nobody wants to hear that, right? So nobody yeah. that's, you know, um, just starting out wants to hear that it's going to take 15 plus years in order to break in because that's, that's depressing. You, when you find what you want to do, you want to do it right then. Um, but oftentimes that's not an option where people are at, you know, when you have families and when you have uh, bills to pay, um, it, it's difficult to take those risks. And, um, but yes, but that's the thing, man, is that there's no, um, it's never too late for somebody to do it or, or to even start because, um, because again, it gets back to, it's not about finding a certain level of success that the world puts on to you. It's about defining your own success. And if writing brings you joy, and if writing provides an outlet and provides healing for you, man, there's never too late to do that. You could be 95 years old and start writing because there is power to, to writing. And honestly, I mean, a 95 year old would have a lot more life experiences to pull from than a 20 year old anyways, and probably would do very well. Yeah. Well, well you gotta, I think you gotta um, get clear about what it is that you're wanting. I mean, yeah. I think it's really easy to look at um, let's say, let's say Steven Spielberg and go, man, I wish it was like that, yeah. like him. Or you can say, you know, wow, that movie just made, a, you know, a million or what? Sure. I think right now at this point, <laughs> Avengers are making a billion dollars. Yeah, billions. Yeah. Out there. It's, it's really easy to look at other people who are successful and say, man, can I ever be that good? Yeah. Yeah. yeah can I ever get there? And I think we have to take that off the table and just be, okay, is this what you want to do? Do you want to be a screenwriter? Do you want to be a filmmaker? Then just focus on what it is that is your success in that. Is the fact yeah. that you're even writing, even creating films, have you created them? Have you finished yeah. Yeah. Is that a success for you? Yes. Some people want it to be seen, and I understand that. Um, but even if just three people saw it, was that a success for you? Yeah. Or is your idea of success in Hollywood on the top with everybody seeing you, fame and fortune. Yeah. Yeah. Really got to get a perspective on that. Well, and also people don't realize, I mean, you see Steven Spielberg as he is now. You're not seeing Steven Spielberg when he was 20 years old and he was making short films with his friends and he was struggling to break in. He was making, you know, directing TV in the 70s and stuff that wasn't respected at the time um, that we don't see all that journey too, right? So like you have to recognize that it, there is not, it's not, a to you don't jump from a to z right so you're not um first starting out and then become steven spielberg you have to go through all those steps and, and through decades of of one step at a time in order to get to that point anyways um and so i think um in terms of goals i mean i don't know i go back and forth like i think it's important to have those lofty goals to say that's where i want to be and i'm moving towards that um but the dangerous part of that is you can control what your goal is, but you cannot control the timeline of your goal, right? So um, I think the dangerous part of that is when I say I want to be Steven Spielberg, Steven Spielberg and that doesn't happen after five years, I'm going to get devastated, right? Mm -hmm. But if I say I want to be Steven Spielberg and I'm going to do step one, I'm going to make a short film. Step two, I'm going to write a feature screenplay and finish it. Step three, I'm going to um, go out with my friends and make that feature screenplay. Step four, I'm going to try to get some representation. Like when you start doing those steps, it starts to become a lot more realistic. And so I think it's important to have those big lofty goals, but I think it's equally important to take those big lofty goals and break them down into steps that you can accomplish this year or this weekend even. You know what I mean? Um, I think a lot of people want to be Steven Silver, but they're not willing to go out and shoot um, a movie on their iPhones this weekend. You know what I mean? Yeah, because that's all you've got. Right, exactly. Yeah. Well, yeah, let's take it back another step. Okay. Yeah. So it's really great that you might want to be like Steven Spielberg. But, okay, let's take a step back and go, why? Yeah. That's the real question is yeah. why. What's, again, let's go back to purpose, intention, yeah. your mission statement. Why do you want to be like Steven Spielberg? Right. What about yeah. that inspires you? Do you want fame and fortune? Or do you want to be like him because you really like a style of film? Right. Do you really yeah. like the kind of person he is? Do you really like what he's done with his work? And it can yeah. be, you're saying Steven Spielberg, but it can be anybody. Sure. Uh, anybody that you're looking at. It could be another filmmaker that you admire. Yeah. Uh, why do you, 
admire that person. I think that's such a great perspective. And, um, and I think the truth is no one wants to admit it, but when they get down to it, fame and fortune is a big part of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's cool. If I could just be doing this full time, I mean, gosh, what a dream come true. But like, look at my mission statement again. So I use my talents and experiences to collaborate and connect with others and create stories that encourage empathy while inspiring others to do the same. That's something I can do right now in this moment tonight. I don't have to have fame and fortune to do it, right? So that's yeah. why I think it's important when you're coming up with these um, mission statements for yourself, with this purpose for yourself, that it can't be something that you have to get somewhere first in order to implement it, right? And right. so, you know, what? This, this mission statement might be um, Steven Spielberg's mission statement too, and he's doing that where he's at, but I can also do it where, where I'm at. And so success uh, is not... Uh, my mission statement is not dependent on a certain level of success. There we go. And see, the other thing about fame and fortune is sometimes we just have to recognize that what you want fame and fortune for, is it because you just want to be seen and heard? Yeah. Yeah. Do you just, yeah. Well, okay. Then maybe uh, you're, maybe you're putting your message out there. Maybe you are writing so that even if three people heard it or see it, right. at least you're being seen. Or, what are you wanting to be seen and heard for? Fame and right. fortune for what purpose? Yeah. Because here's the thing. If you're looking for fame and fortune, if, if you're not, if you don't have a really grounded mission statement or purpose or intention about why you're doing what you're doing, you're not going to have the energy to keep going. You're going to keep right. seeing all of this uh, redirection, all of these things that are not working out. You're going to see them as rejections and you're going to quit. Right. Like yeah. your other friends quit because they saw it as, well, that's it, done. If it didn't work yeah. the first go, it wasn't going to work, period. Because right. maybe they didn't know why they wanted to do what they're doing. You, however, you've wanted to do it your whole life. Yeah. And yeah. so you're like, that's not going to stop me. And now you went right. down to the depths, but then you came back up. Yeah, yeah. And I'm constantly going down to the depths and back up. I mean, that's the roller coaster in the world of this. And so, um, and, and I think it's important to, much, so much of art is subjective, right? So yeah. um, oftentimes, the difference between me and Steven Spielberg is one person, right? It's, it's one person recognizing your art that happens to be in a position of power. Um, and some people are more likely to get in front of positions of power than others. Um, and so like, for instance, uh, our, our feature film, This World Alone, we're doing film festivals really right now. We've gotten into five film festivals. We won best feature at two of them. Congratulations. But we got, thank you. But we got rejected for about 30 film festivals that we didn't even get into. Um, and so what I like to tell people um, who are frustrated with that process is to get into a film festival, you only have to uh, impress three people, right? So it may be that's three um, gatekeepers who watch the film and say yay or nay, right? Um, to win a film festival, you only need to um, please three uh, jurors, the people that vote on best feature at each of these film festivals. And so when I look at us getting into a film festival and winning that festival, we only needed six people to like the movie, right? And so for those 30 that we got rejected, maybe one person didn't like the movie and we didn't get in. So, so much of it is subjective. So much of it is, is so small that my goal became, um, all right, to win at a film festival, you just have to please three people. If I go to a film festival and I find three people, no matter who they are that loved our movie, that's a success, right? Because you're, you're connecting with an audience that loves it. Um, who that audience is doesn't really matter. We, we put so much power in the hands of gatekeepers um that if they just happen to like something we're successful if they happen to not like it we're not um yeah. but our goal as creators to be should be to connect with an audience no matter who they are right and so and i have a real passion about that um is to not give so much weight to these gatekeepers and to these people who are making these decisions and give weight to the audience and just connecting with people so we've gone to these film festivals and um my favorite moment in my entire career is just talking to people at the end of the movie about um uh, what they thought about the movie and exploring the themes and, and they talk about how they were moved by it and um how they saw themselves represented on screen um and all that stuff is so meaningful and i think if you can just find one person that connects with your art, that's, that's worth creating that art for, right? Yeah. I, I have a, you know, the success of, of being a creator is honestly just creating. Yeah. It, it's yeah. taking this thing that's calling you and putting it out into the world because you have to. Yeah. And, and how many people stifle that? How many yeah. people um, are, are doing other things in their lives because they don't believe that the thing that's calling them is going to mm. be so 
successful or is yeah. going to be what they dream it's going to be. So they're yeah. not, they're afraid to even start. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the, you really, you don't want to die with that message still in you. Yeah. You don't want to yeah. die with that art still in you and it never came out into the world. The fact mm. that you create it and put it out into the world should be a success. It doesn't matter when anybody else likes it. Right. At all. I mean, yes, it can bruise your ego, but if you created it, you put it out there and it's the best that it could possibly be done. Success. Yeah. Right and that is a success because you do that. Right. Yeah. 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 Because for every one person that puts something out there, there were 10 that never finished, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think that is a, is a big sign of success. Absolutely. 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 And again, you're, you're so right with that whole time thing. There's no timeline. Cause could yeah. you imagine, let me say it a different way. Who you were 15 years ago when you first started writing is yeah. not the person you are now. <laughs> right. The world may also not be ready for, you may not have been ready to put out your best work 15 years ago. Yeah. The world, uh, the industry, your platform wasn't ready. It took 15 years to get here to where you are yeah. now. Yeah. So things takes time. And oh, it's 100%. Time yeah. Time is illusion. Yeah. Had I, had I found success um, with that first script sell to Lionsgate and I had, had moved to LA and started writing then, I wouldn't have made it. I would have been moving back to Atlanta a couple of years later as a failure because I was not ready for that. I wasn't the writer I am now. I didn't have the life experiences I do now. Um, I didn't have the connections that I do now. There's, there's something about um, putting the time into it. It's the, uh, you know, Malcolm Gladwell, 10,000 hour thing. It takes 10,000 hours to become an expert at anything. And I wasn't there. I had just started writing. Um, me finding success was a fluke. I happened to find one gatekeeper that liked something and it got pushed up, but I was not ready for that. Um, and I think it's such an important um, lesson to learn is that, look, writing a screenplay is hard. Writing a book is hard. Creating anything is hard. And so we finish it and we want immediate recognition for that. We want it to sell immediately. We want to break in immediately. We did this thing. We're going to make it. But after one screenplay, you are not ready for that. Um, that it's going to take time. And I even think that most, most first-time screenwriters shouldn't even show that first script to anybody. You put it in a drawer, immediately start on your second one. I can't even imagine. Yeah, first draft. I mean, you do write it, just it's a success to even get to that end. Oh, it's I so hard. Absolutely. that first one out and no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, let yeah. me come back to it a couple years later. <laughs> right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let me let me say, you were successful, or I'm sorry, you, you sold your, your script 15 years ago, let's say you yeah. did move out to LA and come back and came back because the gatekeepers didn't like it. Or let's say, because you didn't fit into the system, you would have came back and thought yourself a failure. Now, right. 15 years ago, how many gatekeepers are in, were in the industry and now there's room so, for so many more voices to be heard. Everybody right. has, there's YouTube, there's so many different platforms out there now. Yeah. Uh, you can control your brand so much better. You really don't need, the gatekeepers to say, hey, you got this, you're successful. Right. So maybe and, and, perhaps that's where time comes in. Is maybe 15 years ago, the world wasn't ready, but now it is. Yeah, it's really true. And, and that's not something that, um, I mean, I, could, I can't control what year I was born in. I can't, I mean, I suppose I could have controlled when I started writing. Um, and even that first sale um, took, you know, I was writing for four years before even that happened. Um, because we wrote a first uh, screenplay that nothing happened with. So technically my second screenplay ever, it was still crazy early in a career to sell something. Um, so here's the thing with, um, and that's something we're exploring with indie film right now, because indie film seemingly has more opportunity than ever. The problem with, with, with filmmaking stuff is it's just still so expensive to make a movie. Um, I mean, even on the, the crazy low end, you're still spending, you know, tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, and there's so many places for film now, but that's something that indie film is trying to solve right now is how do we go directly to our audiences without having to rely on these gatekeepers? Because that's kind of the thing. There are more opportunities than ever, but there's also more gatekeepers than ever. So, um, and there's more people creating content than ever. So it's become more competition to find the eyeballs to watch your movie. Um, and the competition, um, uh, you're competing against major conglomerates with millions of dollars to spend on eyeballs when we have zero dollars, right? So, um, but one of the things that I'm really trying to create a movement for is almost this kind of punk rock idea of 
you know, right now indie film what feels like a farm system for Hollywood that everybody's goal in indie film right now is to move up to Hollywood. Like that's the next step. Like, okay, I made this movie for a hundred thousand dollars and I want to make one for $5 million and work in Hollywood and get my Star Wars movie or whatever. Um, but the problem with that is that you're never going to create a system that can exist on its own when everybody that finds success just moves up. So hopefully, like one of my goals is to try to get rid of this hierarchy of Hollywood is real movies and indie film is, is you know, child's play kind of stuff. Um, and to get more, and the more people that find success in indie film and the people that solve that problem, hopefully they'll stay in that world and keep making those movies and really build up um, that community uh, without just the goal being getting up to, to, to Hollywood, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it, it comes down to intention though, because yeah. why are people trying to move up? Because they think it's going to give them what? more money, more audience. Yeah. More, more clout. Yeah. 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 And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I think we, we, we live in a world that is for a very long time been based on, you got to get to the top. You always got to be moving up. You always got to be going for more. Uh, It's a social status. Yeah. I mean, that's how we, I mean, that's how we've been conditioned. Once you get into, it doesn't matter what career you're in. You should always be looking at the top. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what I think what I'm trying to talk about is what if we consider that it's not so much um, going vertical, but maybe horizontal. Yeah. You know, maybe it's expanding outwards, knowing why we want to do what we want to do. And maybe it isn't necessary to get to the top. Yeah. Yeah. And just, and just living up to your purpose, wherever you're at. Absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. Because you don't have a control whether, where you're going to go. Just like you don't have control about the time. Yeah. You don't have control about what you're meant to do. All you have is today. This is what's calling you. So today, yeah. go ahead and create it. Yeah, I love like, that. Yeah, I mean, so you're thinking some people might not even be trying to film anything because they go, well, all I have is a phone. Mm-hmm. I don't have the fancy camera. So maybe yeah. one day when I get the money to get that fancy camera, then I'll start. Right. Yeah, yeah, but how many things will come along that you'll use the excuse for that money to never go to that camera? Yeah, yeah. You know, because yeah. when you're first, you're first starting out, it's just about taking that camera and figuring out different angles. Right. Uh, it's a lot about just figuring out your own style. Rhythm yeah, and, and, and the truth, the truth of that too is that that never goes away, right? So, um, so we made our first uh, feature film for very little money, and so what happens is on the next one, we're like, oh, well, we we need to make it for more. We need to take that step up, and then the problem with that is we're sitting around waiting for money instead of going out and making something. There's and so, there. like, you feel that tension no matter where you're at. Um, and I think it's even true for people in Hollywood too. Of um, it's harder than ever to raise money to, to make movies, you know, um, if you're, if you're outside of that system and maybe even inside the system, um, well, there yeah. are filmmakers, best, best well-known filmmakers are still having to struggle getting. Well, yeah, because you're taking an idea that you're passionate about and trying to sell it to other people who may not see it. Yeah. Or yeah. other people who are looking at what is and saying, well, you know what, this is what's selling right now. So this is what right. we're, looking for. we're not really yeah. looking for a thing because there's no guarantee. Right. Yeah, and it is a business, and um, there are people that are giving you money that are looking for a return, and you have to learn how to solve those problems too. But that's the great thing about when you're first starting out is you don't have to worry about it. You can just go and you create whatever you want to create, get that experience, get those 10,000 hours in, um, figure out your voice, take your time, um, not have to worry about um, paying money back or even relying on it for your your sole income um, because the second you do that, you start to make – um, you start to make sacrifices in order to make sure that you're making money instead of living up to your purpose. And, 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 uh, you know, I, I kind of, and that's part of the reason why I work a full-time day job too. And I don't rely on my writing to make me money is because that allows my writing to be whatever I want it to be and, and to, to be uh, a real creative exploration. Um, of course I want those things to make money too. Um, but, um, I, I get to, I get to balance that, right. And have a little more control over it. Yeah, I think the second that you try to make your creativity uh, pay for you yeah. and pay your bills is the second the creativity stops. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, um, who's the author? Big Magic, uh, Elizabeth oh, Gilbert. Elizabeth yeah, yeah. Gilbert. Yeah, I was just about yeah, to yeah. I didn't know what the name of the book was, so I didn't say anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, that, yeah, that, that, she really influenced me a lot with that book, and she talks yeah. a lot about those ideas in there. Yeah, definitely. If you haven't watched or you haven't read that book um, by Elizabeth Gilbert, Big Magic, yeah. Uh, definitely pick that up 
yeah. yeah, she has got some great perspectives on that. Um, but yeah, one of the biggest takeaway from that book was not letting, not, not demanding that your creativity pay your bills. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a huge takeaway from that. Um, so I say, you know, my big goal in filmmaking is just to create beautiful things with beautiful people. Um, and so luckily in Atlanta, we have a lot of great talent because they're all go work on their Marvel movies and then, you know, they have time off and they're looking for something creative and fulfilling. And um, so hopefully we can kind of provide that for them, something where they get to be a little more hands-on and a little more um, ownership of what they're creating. So that's the first thing is, um, is building community and that's what it's always about. Um, and that's, you know, with people on set and then once we're doing these film festivals and finding audiences and online, it's all about community. Um, secondly, for me personally, in terms of like thematics with, with the films that we're creating, um, it's, it's just a lot of what I talked about with the mirror box idea of being honest and transparent about life experiences, um, of exploring big questions, um, of, of, um, and, and even that goes back to a community, right? Cause I want people to leave our movies talking to each other and saying, Oh, I don't know how I feel about that. Or, or that was really interesting or, or asking a lot of questions about that. So like one of my favorite compliments we got on the film is a friend of mine came to a screening. He said, my wife and I talked about the movie on the whole drive home, right? We're like 45 minute drive home. We talked about the movie the whole time, like exploring the themes and asking questions about it. Um, and that's what a great film should do is, um, you know, not provide clear answers because the second you get a clear answer, there's no conversation, right? But to ask big questions. Um, and so like our first feature, this world alone, the big question in that movie was, um, how do we raise our kids? You know, it's about a, a girl growing up in this post-apocalyptic society who's leaving home for the first time. And she has these two mother figures in her life, one raising her that, um, the world is, you know, inherently evil and it's dangerous and you need to learn how to take care of yourself out there. Um, and don't trust anybody. And the other one is, no, the world is a beautiful place. And, um, uh, and, and goodness will, will win out. And so she's got these two warring philosophies as she goes on this journey. Um, and, and, and she really has to figure out her own identity um, and not rely on either one of those, right? So that's a question about parenting. And um, so you leave that film and you're able to have these conversations of um, how, much, uh, how much of our, of what we believe is nature versus nurture. Um, is the world good or bad? Um, how do we prepare our kids? How much freedom do we give them? There's all these questions that we ask without providing answers to that, um, just by exploring that journey on screen. So that's really the goal with everything that we're doing. Um, and Mirrorbox 2 is um, not just producing um, work that I write, but we're working with other screenwriters get, to get their work produced as well. And so that's one of our big goals is say, we're, we're going to make these grounded films that are low budget, but they... Um, engage with the audience in a certain way that there's a big question about the world that it's asking so that people have those conversations from the moment they leave yeah i mean that's the whole purpose of art is to yeah. show to mirror essentially yeah uh your what the world is is currently back yeah. at so they can they can come up with their own opinion absolutely I think that's the amazing thing yeah. about art yeah yeah thank you so much hudson cool. for doing this Absolutely. This is, I could talk about this stuff all day. Um, yeah, it's just, I have such a passion for it. Yeah. Yes. I am so, so um, honored to have been able to watch your journey for all these years. I am yeah. so excited for your future. Thank you. And why don't you tell everybody where they can, uh, where your website, where they can find you. Yeah, so um, in terms of Script Blast, you can, um, the best place is if you just uh, go to facebook.com slash groups slash Script Blast. It's a private Facebook group, but everybody gets accepted into there. Um, it just gives us a little more control over that group. Um, and that's kind of our base community where we really connect and talk to each other. Um, you can follow Script Blast on social media as well. Our Instagram account is kind of a great daily place for inspiration. Um, and then on Mirrorbox, mirrorboxfilms.com um, is where you can find our blog and information about our films. And um, let's see what else. And I'm kind of, you know, at Hudson Phillips on social media as well. You get to see where maybe some of these panels that are coming up that I'm speaking at and all that kind of stuff. So Yeah, he, he posts a lot of great stuff, guys. A yeah, lot of great you. stuff. And I'll tell you, um, if you're an artist, a filmmaker, screenwriter, uh, his blog is really great on mirrorboxfilms.com. The blog is awesome. It, just in the last couple of months, all the content you put on there, really inspiring. 
Thank you. It's awesome. Yeah. 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 You've just been doing some really, really great work. I really appreciate that. That means a lot. So much, you know, you were putting out into the world and you never hear that kind of feedback. So that makes a world of difference. Again, um, just wanting to connect with other human beings. So. Yeah. Sometimes it helps to just know, hey, what I'm putting out there, is, somebody's seeing it. Somebody's hearing right. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No matter and you how know what, small what? that audience might be. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, small or big, doesn't matter. Yeah. As long as you're influencing. That's right. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I know that you've, you've just, just with script last, I know that you helped a lot of people. You definitely helped me. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Oh, that's great to so, hear. All right. So that's it, guys. Thank you so much. And I'll catch you next time. Bye. Thank you.